so I'm so excited for this like holiday <laughs> special life that we're doing. Yes, because so in between seasons, since we just had our season finale last week, we are going to do two minisodes for you in between. Yeah, and instead of doing like where we watch something, mm-hmm. we decided we would actually work and do some <laughs> research for you. So this week we're going to be talking about the Rockettes, yes. and next week we're going to be talking about the Nutcracker, both dance related, which yes. I didn't think about till afterwards, <laughs> but very winter holiday. Mm-hmm. And then on December 30th, season 11 is going to air. December 30th. I can't believe that. It's season also, 11? It's going to be such a fun season because we're doing something different. Super secret. Allie and I are not telling each other who we're researching each week, so it's going to be a surprise. Uh, <laughs> I was thinking, oh my gosh, you know what I was thinking? Mm-hmm. That we should go into the physical and describe the person and see if the other person can guess. I love that. Yes. <laughs> Uh, because I think that would be fun. So the only person who's going to know is producer mm-hmm. and he doesn't give a shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, he's going <laughs> to make sure there's no duplicates. Perfect. I don't I know wait. that I trust him because like if one of us puts like Maggie and one puts Margaret, he'll be like, that's not the same person <laughs> when it's actually the same person. But right. we'll see how he does. Perfect. Maybe we might end up researching the same person. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm excited to get into this week. Are you doing a physical or anything like that? I mean, I can. Do you want me to describe the Rockettes for you? I do. I want you to describe (laughs) the Rockettes. I wrote one down just because I had no idea what we were doing. I know. Because I can't stress anymore that we don't plan. We don't plan literally anything. It's true. Um, So we're going to get a little physical. Physical. Okay. So... Currently, the Rockettes, as they appear on stage, are 36 women between 5'6 and 5'10 <laughs> who have a range of Christmassy outfits such as reindeer and tin soldiers and sparkliness. Um, and they can typically be seen with their arms around each other and their legs high up in the air. <laughs> A kick line for all the generations. <laughs> yeah, the Rockettes. I'm excited about that. So use five, six to five, ten and a half. Yeah, five, six. Uh, yeah. Um, so, and uh, yeah, I was surprised that there was that big of a range, honestly. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a lot smaller, but apparently, yeah, they go put the tallest girls in the middle and then they go shorter and shorter. Mm. Um, so that way it gives the illusion that they're all the same height, but oh, they really aren't. They really aren't. Wow. And, and they get married. <laughs> married. They get measured. I also didn't know this. Um, like flat-footed, like not like without shoes. Oh, so, so when they put on the like soft sole, they're even tap tall, shoes. Yeah, taller. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, this is great. Okay. okay, so what am I drinking? It's so pretty. Okay, so this is called a Christmas kick. Um, it is, <laughs> okay. It is really simple. I wanted to do an eggnog cocktail because I fucking love eggnog. Um, it is eggnog spiced from orange liqueur and orange bitters. I just wanted to have a little bit of a, I feel like oranges are also very Christmassy. So I wanted to have a little bit of an orange in there and then you top it with nutmeg. Yes. Cheers. Cheersy cheers. Mm. I love oh, eggnog. I do too. <laughs> it's so good. It's so comforting. Mm. I also think a part of it is that I really love nutmeg too. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. So a uh, huge fan of this. Real classic Christmassy. Um, We're going to have like 
Very similar drinks this week. Yes, I knew that would happen. <laughs> it's the Christmas week. Where, I mean, mm-hmm. there's not much you can do about it. No. This week not. and next week, you are just going to be flooded with winter holiday goodness. deliciousness. <laughs> All right. So do you want to tell me what you know about the Rat Cats, or do you want me to just go into um, it? Sure. Um, I think they, they dance at Radio City Music Hall. Mm-hmm. Um, I know they're famous for their kick lines. Uh-huh. They wear, like soft sole like heeled tap shoes which Mm -hmm. would be like jazz shoes almost Mm -hmm. they um you have to be a very talented dancer it's excruciating an excruciating process to be part of the rockettes i didn't know there were exactly 36 that's an interesting number Mm -hmm. um and i know they perform at the macy's day parade Mm -hmm. i know that it's a big goal of dancers to want to be on the Rockettes. Yeah. And it is, it is so difficult to become one. Oh, it's like being a cheerleader for the Dallas Cowboys. Like it's near impossible. Like I was listening to one uh, podcast about it. I was the stuff you missed in history class. They Mm -hmm. did a whole episode on the Rockettes and they were saying that like the women in the Rockettes are some of the best dancers in the world, but it's like, it's really special to be one, but you're only really working like two months out of the year. So yeah. it's like a weird thing. Like, I feel like if you're not going to be like in a professional, like ballet company, you want to be a rocket. Like, yeah. And I also, <laughs> I feel like there, and I've never been to the show at radio city music hall, but every time I've seen them perform, it doesn't seem that there's like a prima dancer. So you're no. part of a company constantly, which is also kind of like might be a deterrent for some people. Yeah. Well, that's very on purpose. Okay. And actually they, it's why you also don't see a lot of Rockettes being interviewed because mm. they don't want any one person to stand out. They don't mm. want like, you know, uh, whatever you call it, like a, a spokesperson, a spokesperson, a role model. Yeah. 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 Whatever like, it is. They, specifically like i didn't even know that there are some rockettes who have been there for 15 years like but you're a rocket yeah but you are one of many like right they all get paid the same which i also didn't know no matter if you've been there for 15 years or one oh i love that yeah because they just want them all to be of one mind which is really interesting i super fascinating super socialist okay i love it okay so bring me the rockets (laughs) um i also got a lot of this from the rockets website and of course wikipedia okay so the year is 1922 and a man named russell markert crazy last name because you want to call him market but it's not it's mark hurt or marker uh-huh uh he goes to a show and he sees a troupe of dancers with the british zigfield follies and it, it is a group of dancers called the tiller girls mm. they were a precision dance group that had been around since the 1890s started by a man named john tiller hence the tiller girls uh when he john tiller created this dance group he wanted to do something very different. People were used to seeing ballets where everyone has different parts. You know, you have, a, again, like a Nutcracker Princess, whatever it is. I'll find out next Sugar week. Sugar Plum Fairy. Sugar Plum Fairy. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and like it was everybody kind of had their own part. But this, he wanted to be all about unison. A group of girls who looked basically identical doing the same moves and when he put it together, it ended up looking like an optical illusion. Like it looks crazy because yeah. <laughs> it had never been like really seen before. It's like synchronized swimming when you're yes. like, how is that happening? How, I, oh. Synchronized swimming is insane to me. I don't know how they do it. It's not understandable. No. Um, I, I 
will go down a real rabbit hole every time the Olympics come around. And I watch a lot of synchronized swimming. Um, so Russell sees the Taylor girls and he's like, I need to do this in America. And I am going to perfect this. He said, if I ever got a chance to get a group of American girls who would be taller and have longer legs and could do really complicated tap routines and eye high kicks, they'd really knock your socks off. (laughs) Which is true. They do. So in 1925, he started a group of 16 women in St. Louis initially. Really? And called them the Missouri Rockets. Not Rockettes. Rockets. Which I didn't know that they didn't start in New York. I thought it was like Rockettes, like Rockefeller Center. Nope. The Rockefellers. Doesn't have (laughs) anything to do with them. That is (laughs) insane. I know. I had no idea. And here we were just a couple weeks ago, trash in St. Louis. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So from the get-go, similarity was key. Originally, a Rockette had to be between 5'2 and 5'6 But today, she's between 5'6 and 5'10 So the height has increased. Uh, I don't think, I mean, people we know were shorter back then. So I think that people have just gotten taller. Um, Yeah, just in general. And I always thought like, I remember people being like, you have to be 5'7". Yeah. 5'7", Rockette. Yep. Yep. I think that's that ballpark number where it's like, well, not me. (laughs) (laughs) Not that I was ever that good of a dancer, ever. But, you know, it was like one of those things where I was like, well, I'll never be that tall, so forget (laughs) it. I'm 5'8". I just kind of make it. I think I'm 5'8". Oh, it's like the, um, when you did the Sleeping Beauty episode. Mm-hmm. And it was like, that's the tallest cast Disney yes, princess in Disney. Like, mm-hmm. you have to be this height. It's yes. like, well. Uh, okay, so their first show was obviously in St. Louis. Um, but then they got a chance to perform in New York City. The same year they started. Like, they went right away. So they do their show, which was originally not Christmas-themed at all. In fact, it was called Rain or Shine. And after they finished their first performance, a guy named Roxy Rothafell, which also I didn't, like, he was he gave his, himself the nickname Roxy, I think, Ooh. which is great. So he said, uh, you're not going anywhere. I want these girls in New York, so you're either going to have to leave them here or form an identical troupe that will stay here with me. <laughs> um, so Russell said, okay. And he formed another troupe for Roxy, and the girls began their first New York tenure at the Roxy Theater. And they even had a spiffy new name, the Roxyettes. <laughs> This is quite the transformation that I didn't expect. I thought this to be like old New York is how I feel about the Rockettes. I know. I didn't. I also like I love the name transition. How like we went from Rockets to Roxyettes to eventually Rockettes when they got to Radio City. But yeah, it's really funny. I'm feeling very uncomfortable about this. (laughs) I don't know if I like it. Um, So. This was going well. They actually had three different troops dancing in small theaters around New York City, but then a big opportunity was coming up. Mm. There was a new hot theater opening up in Manhattan, and it was going to be called Radio City Music Hall, and it was going to be the biggest, best place for shows and particularly movies. I also didn't know this. It was created as a deluxe movie theater. That's what it was built for. What year is this? Uh, 1932. Okay. So this is like before the war. It's the Great Depression. The only thing people have money for is movies, maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, I also have another question. Do the Rockets have other jobs? Mm -hmm. 
Now okay. they do. Now they do. Back then they didn't. Okay. Because it was a year long thing. Okay. So now it's like they're only working two months. They're only working two months. Okay. Um, I see. So yeah, a lot of them are dance instructors or yoga instructors or <laughs> like dance yoga Pilates. Yeah. So it, they have to stay super so fit all year long. So it is like being a cheerleader. Yeah, it like is. You do, you work during the NFL season yeah. and you get paid a certain amount, but then you really, you have your other full-time job. Mm-hmm. Okay. Exactly. Um, I did not know that. But not for these girls. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... Roxy arranged to have the Roxyettes be the opening act of Radio City Music Hall. So on their debut, <laughs> when it opened on December 27th, 1932, they are on stage kicking their little hearts out. Like this, they, this was when they really became synonymous with each other. Interesting. Mm-hmm. More than a hundred thousand people <gasps> tried to buy tickets but it only had 6200 seats a hundred thousand people <laughs> tried to get tickets yeah <gasps> isn't that insane oh my gosh who was there the fanciest of the people who knows all of them all the people um <laughs> so they do this big debut with just the rockettes but soon after, they were premiering their first movie because that's, again, what it was supposed to be. It was supposed to be a deluxe movie theater. So it opened, and they decided that the Rockettes should be a staple of the theater. Um, but they're like, well, how do we do that? You know, how do we combine the movies and the Rockettes? So <laughs> every time you went to see a movie, the Rockettes would perform in the beginning. So instead of movie trailers like we get now, you would see a world-class dance performance. I am blown away by that. They just performed before the movie. Yeah. Like, instead of those like, shitty Coca-Cola commercials, yeah, I couldn't yeah. be seeing the Rockettes. Yeah. Why did this not pick and up like, around the rest of, of the like, universe? We're going to the snack bar. Yeah. Turn off your cell phone. Right. It's the Rockettes. Thank you for coming to Lowe's. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, so the first movie shown was The Bitter Tea of General Yen, um, but other famous films would go on to have their premieres here, such as White Christmas, Breakfast at <gasps> Tiffany's, <gasps> To Kill a Mockingbird, oh Mary Poppins, Stop 101 it! Dalmatians, and Lion King. <laughs> I know. Wow. But <laughs> that was quite a list. Quite a list. But this movie correlation came with a lot of difficulty for the Rockettes because each dance was choreographed to pair with the movie. (laughs) So they had a different dance for every movie that they were showing. And if the movie flopped and stopped showing after like two nights, waste of a dance, waste of a dance, they scrapped it and had to learn a whole new dance before the next movie, which was sometimes like overnight. Like, (laughs) It's crazy. That is nuts. <laughs> Absolutely bananas. So in the 1940s during World War II, the Rockettes were some of the first entertainers to volunteer for the United Service Organization. So they were the first like USO performers for the troops. They would travel around the U.S. and the world. Um, and then the Rockettes and Eleanor Roosevelt got together and hosted a war bond rally at the world's most famous arena, Madison Square Garden. So right down the street, right down the street. <laughs> so now it's the 1950s and there were a lot more movies being produced and the girls are still doing a dance before every showing. So they are doing like five shows a day. 
before each movie because they're showing it's now they're showing different movies in one day. It's not just like, here's the movie we're showing today. We're in the age of like old Hollywood, really. Like (laughs) I had no idea that this is what was happening. I know. And again, with more movies come more opportunities for failure. So they would sometimes work all night just to learn the dance for the next movie that was coming. It was ridiculous. This is like SNL style crazy. I mean, they're working all hours of the night and like just being performing all day, performing all day. So the theater decided not to change how they operated and to stop this nonsense, but to build dormitories for the girls. (laughs) So they're literally living at Radio City Music Hall. (laughs) They never left. That's insane. Facilities included a 26-bed dormitory, a cafeteria, a recreation area, a tailor shop, and a hospital with medical staff all for these girls. That is so New York to never leave the building that you're in. It's oh, my un- God. Unbelievable. Sorry, I live on... I don't live in Manhattan. I live on this exact block. Exactly. And that's it. That's it. Sorry. So then they had to service another brand new medium, television. Oh, no. They made their TV debut in 1957 on a show called Wide Wide World. And then again at the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. (laughs) Sorry. Which we just had the 95th one of. I know. In five years, it's going to be the 100th. They're going (sighs) to blow out all the stops. I, I can't wait. I'm so happy to be alive for this. I know. You know how too. I love a parade. <laughs> I, I do, too. I'm fascinated with them. Uh, so both events were really centering themselves on, you know, like the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade and the Rockettes were kind of coming into focus as not only like a New York holiday tradition, but an American holiday tradition. Because now they have TV, so you don't have to go to New York anymore to see the Rockettes. They're right there in your home on your mm. TV. So that was the 50s. And in the 60s, the girls got shorter hemlines and higher kicks and crazier (laughs) costumes. They started expanding the shows to include different types of music and shows and themes and whatever. They danced as astronauts, hula dancers, bullfighters, chimney sweeps, and even can-can dancers. <laughs> maybe the chimney sweeps for, for the Mary Poppins movie. Maybe, I'm maybe. sure that played for a while. Can-can dancers have big kicks. Mm-hmm. I got them from the Rockettes. Um, I don't know if that's true. Hmm. So, My friend was a can-can girl at a Frontier Town. Really? <laughs> like a friend of yours from dance? Yeah. That's so funny. That's what she did over the summer. She would live oh in Ocean City gosh. and work at Frontier Town. That <laughs> Isn't is that perfect. so funny? I love that. Me Wasn't um, Samantha your friend, Sam? Wasn't she a Rockette? She wasn't a Rockette. She worked okay. She worked on stages in New York, but she wasn't okay. a Rockette. Yeah. Gotcha. For now some she reason, owns I had a it in my mind. dance studio. I really? bet she still wants to be a Rockette, yeah. Probably. But now she's like a dance teacher. Oh, that's so cool. For, as a profession. Nice. Good for so, you, good Sam, for you, Sam. <laughs> Now married. Don't know your new last name. You were in my wedding. Kind of weird. <laughs> so, uh, but the 70s were not so nice for the Rockettes or anyone else in New York for that matter. Radio City was not making nearly as much money as they had been. So management began closing the theater for weeks at a time, which left the Rockettes in a pretty bad spot. They're like, we went from doing like five shows a day to now like 
not working for five weeks. And like, we live here. <laughs> we live here. Where are we going to go? And so basically, like, what was happening was people were moving out to the suburbs and not in the city, like not living in the city, and movie premieres were moving out to L.A., there wasn't a demand for giant, elaborate movie theaters anymore in New York. It just, the audience wasn't there. So the dancers got together and they said, okay, well, if we can't perform here, let us go on the road. So the dancers got together and were like, we're going to plan a tour then. So they go and they do like stints in places like Las Vegas, where they sold out their shows almost every night. Apparently Sammy Davis Jr., who like, was also performing in Vegas at the time, went and saw their show like every night and then just like literally memorized their dances and like went up on stage one night and just danced with them. It can't be that interesting. <laughs> like I would be fascinated to see it like once, maybe right. twice. He loved it. He loved wow. it. Same routine every night. Same routine. Uh, then to make matters worse in 1978, Radio City Music Hall was being threatened with being totally shut down and demolished. They were going to literally tear it down and build up a parking lot. Like, they were just, it was a, like a done deal. But the Rockettes, and weirdly enough, Jim Belushi from Saturday Night Live. <laughs> Listen, it's so close. Yeah. Like, Radio City Music Hall is right next to all of that stuff. Like, yeah. the NBC building and, like. Yep. So they like Jim Belushi went on Saturday night live and was like, we guys, we need to save radio city music call. So like, if you want to help like donate to here and like whatever. And the girls fundraised and just worked to like figure out a plan. And they're like, I think we know what to do. So they went and applied to have radio city designated as a national landmark. And now you can't touch it. Now you can't touch it. Mm. So, but they went even further. They're like, we don't want just the outside facade designated. We want the inside. So, like, there are, like, thousands of buildings in New York that, like, you know, have the outside national landmark. But only, like, I think they said, like, 110, the inside is preserved. So, you can't touch the inside you can't touch either. Inside. Interesting. Yeah. So, the building is saved. <laughs> but one thing was not. In 1979, they decided that they really needed to ditch the performances before the movie. They didn't <laughs> stop until 1979. That's so recent. That's it's 41 so years recent. ago. <laughs> and I think a lot of people were grateful for that. They're like, we really didn't need that ever. Like, <laughs> thank you, though. Um, so instead, they opted for turning their show into a full 90-minute theatrical production. And to be clear, like, they had been doing the Christmas Spectacular since, like, the beginning. I mm. think the first one was in, like, 1933. Oh, so okay. that has always been a staple. Um, but it was just all the other ones. So, again, we're going from, like, full-time dancers to now they're doing their own shows multiple times a week. And eventually it will just dwindle down to the Christmas Spectacular. Okay. So during this time period, the Rockettes were dancing four or five numbers, um, like four times a day. Wait. <laughs> okay. I need to get this straight because this is crazy. They danced four or five numbers in each performance. Okay. Four times a day, seven days a week for four weeks straight. And then each woman got a week off. 
Oh my <laughs> gosh. Um, so that's what was happening here. <laughs> Wait, so it was four numbers before a show? Uh, no, this is like in the time where they're doing the 90 minute show. So Got they're it. doing the 90 minute show, but now you're only in a certain amount of numbers. Okay. And they're I doing think they're still trying to employ all okay, of them. I see, I see. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> all right. So that is the 1980s. They got into a little bit of the fitness aerobic craze. Mm. That's all they said about that on the Rockettes website. I don't know what that means. I don't know if they made videos or Olivia what. Olivia Newton-John showed up. She was there. <laughs> they had She's on their, part of it. their leg warmers. <laughs> it was great. Uh, they appeared in the movie Annie. <laughs> and then they performed at the Super Bowl halftime show in 1988. So... There we go. Well, doesn't Annie still go to see the Rockettes? I think Isn't she that does. part of the musical? I haven't seen it in a long time. I or mean, at least they reference the Rockettes. Something it's like that. They New must. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, especially because it's set in like the 20s and 30s, right? Yeah. So it would have been like the brand new thing to do in New yeah. York. I mean, they definitely go to Broadway. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, they reference the Rockettes for sure. Yeah. So... In the 90s, the Rockettes continued to present their ever-popular Christmas spectacular. Um, They also had an Easter extravaganza for a while. (laughs) Um, The choreographers and the designers are creating new routines and costumes. Um, But the Radio City musical is beginning to show its age. Um, So the parent company decided that the world's greatest theater was in need of the world's greatest restoration. Because, of course, it also has to be in line with the historical society, like... You can't really change it too much. Which makes it super expensive and super hard. Yeah. So their vision was to restore Radio City to its former glory, to recapture the magnificence. Magnificence. Is that how you say that <laughs> magnificence, word? Magnificence. Yeah. <laughs> no, magnificence. Magnificence. <laughs> that made people gasp as they entered on that opening night back in 1932. Every bit of gold leaf was repainted. Mm. Every one of the 6,200 seats were recovered. And in fact, there were now actually 269 fewer seats because the company went around and sat in every single seat. And if there was one where like the sight line wasn't that good, they took it out. They're like, we want everyone to have a fantastic view of the shows, which I thought was pretty cool. I like that. Um, Another innovation was the sound system. Radio City wasn't satisfied that the audience was hearing the Rockettes' pre-recorded taps, which I didn't know they did for a while. They recorded them and just played the taps with the music. <laughs> well, it's super hard to hear tap shoes yeah. from far away. Um, so they decided that we're going to make it happen, that we can hear the real thing. So they were like, all right, how do we do that? Because they also didn't want them to wear microphones and belt packs. Or, you know, it's like they wanted... To keep everything looking perfect, but also have you hear the taps. So uh, they challenged the best engineers in the world to come up with a solution. So today when the Rockettes are doing a tap dance number during the Christmas Spectacular, they wear custom dance shoes that have a special cavity within the heel for a sound transmitter. So what the audience hears is the actual tapping. Oh, great. But they just designed a whole new shoe for the Rockettes. <laughs> I mean, Gene Kelly didn't even get this type of treatment. I mean, yeah. they would just mic the stage, but it's not enough no, to it's hear not. it well. Yeah. Especially over music. It's yeah. always been like usually tap dancing 
the people on the stage hear it great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but if you're in the audience, it's yeah. just like, what are they doing? Even? Yeah. <laughs> um, so they do all these changes. Radio City reopens in 1999 with the classic Christmas spectacular with one new addition to the show. The reindeer number where they all dress up as reindeers and they pull Santa's sleigh. It's very cute. Very iconic. (laughs) Um, In the 2000s, they celebrated their 75th anniversary and performed at two inaugurations for President Bush. (laughs) But in 2016, when they were asked to perform at Trump's inauguration, there was a lot of pushback and some of the dancers refused to participate. Wow, how politicized. Mm-hmm. One, I didn't realize this. Oh, yeah. One Rockette felt reluctant to, quote, perform for this monster. <laughs> and another said she, quote, wouldn't feel comfortable standing near a man like that in one of her costumes. Like, fair. Yeah, that's absolutely fair. fair. I mean, and... he's been accused of sexual assault <laughs> and rape 12 times. Mm-hmm. So the troops still performed, but some of the women chose not to. And they stood out and they're like, you know, we're not doing this, which thankfully they were able to do because fun fact, the dancers have their own union, which I didn't know. <laughs> the Rockettes specifically have yeah, a union. The Rockettes have a union. Oh, well, it, it's New York. Everybody's got a union. That's true. <laughs> That's where it started, right? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> New York, Chicago, exactly. Detroit. So with that fun fact, Let's have some more. Uh, The company currently boasts 80 dancers who make up two different casts of 40 dancers, but only 36 perform at a time. So they have four dancers that are basically the, um, uh, whatever you call it, the subs. (laughs) (laughs) And so, and like they were describing it in one of the videos and they're like, you know, like if one of the dancers like isn't feeling good, like, or hurts their ankle or just once a night off, or has to have has like an event to go to, like you have the option not to perform every night, which is really important to them. Mm-hmm. And I think that's maybe one of the things they asked for with their union stuff. Yeah, seriously. Um, during Christmas, they perform twice a day in the morning and the afternoon. But when it gets closer to Christmas and on the weekends, they can perform up to four times a day, <laughs> which is, I mean, if you count 160 kicks per show. That means like 650 kicks in one day. (laughs) No wonder they're so fit. Mm -hmm. Uh, Another fun fact, they only have 78 seconds for costume changes in between numbers. (laughs) They have help for that, but they have to do their own hair and makeup for the show. And if you're wondering about pay, they get paid between $1,400 and $15 each a week. But they... But because they only perform seasonally, it's about $36,400 or like closer to $40,000 per year, which isn't bad for two months of work. Um, But another great thing is they receive their Rockettes benefits all year round. Hmm. I know. (laughs) They get paid like all year round for it? No, like health and medical benefits. (laughs) Wow. What a luxury. I know. All year for two months of work. Since they opened, there have been over 3,000 women who have danced with the Rockettes. Uh, Technically, there is no age limit, um, but many of them do try to get at least 10 years out of the gig, um, with some of them even going as long as 15 years. And they range in age from 18 to 41. That was like, I think the oldest Rockette was 41 years old. So performing. You have time. (laughs) Um, (laughs) 
And I do want to say one person who was not a Rockette was Lindsay Lohan's mother. Apparently, there's a big story that she lied and said that she was one, but she wasn't. Um, I just thought that was a really funny Good. fact. I mean, add it. <laughs> add that fact. Add it. That's funny because I didn't even write it down, but it's stuck in my head. <laughs> um, but yeah, it is, especially when you get like on a weekend performing day close to Christmas, like they are dancing for so long that like some of them are like, yeah, it destroys my body like they said someone said that medically someone studied the rockets training and they said that is the exact limit to which a body can physically be pushed (laughs) i'm sure like the thanksgiving day parade is like opening and then you're like you don't stop until new Year's. no it is like 12 hours of dancing a day until like new year's it's insane but i bet you can eat whatever you want oh yeah they're burning (laughs) so many calories a day it's unbelievable so all i need to do is dance 12 hours a day and now i know then you'll be good So now that we're mostly caught up on the story of the Rockettes and their place in American history, we need to talk about some of the issues with the Rockettes, Uh their trouble with diversity and what they've done to try and make it better. So the first non-white Rockette was a Japanese woman named Setsuko Maruhuashi, and she wasn't hired until 1985. That doesn't surprise me. Ridiculous. And they didn't allow anyone with even a slightly darker complexion until 1987, which was ingrained in the company from the beginning. The original manager was known for saying that he had um, forbidden a particular white dancer from even tanning because he feared it would make her look, quote, like a colored girl. Mm. And in 1982, his successor, Violet Holmes, defended the long tradition of racial bias, arguing that the dancers needed to be mirror images of each other and that one or two black girls would definitely distract. So, but in 1987, they did put out an ad that they were trying to look for, to make a more inclusive dance troupe. So they hired their first black rockette, a dancer named Jennifer Jones, she performed as a Rockette until 2002, so she had a 15-year career with the Rockettes, which is incredible, and it's a lot of kicks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but she said at the beginning it wasn't really easy. There were definitely people who welcomed her and were really happy she was there, but she said there were also a lot of people who made it clear that she didn't belong. And when she asked the costume person if it would be possible just at some point in the season to get some pantyhose that matched her skin tone, she said the woman yelled at her for 15 minutes straight. Like, and you can tell like she was being interviewed and you could tell it still like hurts her. Like that kind of abuse, like verbal abuse never leaves you, you know, like it just, you get, it just really hurts. So, um, but She said that her presence in the Rockettes also encouraged more people to come and see the show. She said she got a lot of letters from black families saying, you know what? I finally want to come and see the show because you're in it. Yeah. And I feel like I can finally take my little girl to see the Rockettes and she'll be represented. Yeah. I think, um, I think in dance specifically like upper class dance performance for so long, it's been so many white people Mm -hmm. because when these famous dance performances were written it was fine to segregate like that right or it was accepted it was never fine but like 
now what people do is they're like, oh, well, you can't cast a black person because that's a white person's role. And it's right. like, no, but it was only a white person's role because there there were no roles for, right. for black people. <laughs> yeah. So now that we're seeing people like Misty Copeland who are becoming these famous prima ballerinas, and I mean now, mm-hmm. present day, like it is, it was still in our lifetime not like kosher to have a black prima ballerina. Yeah. They did it in the movie center stage and it was like, (gasps) yeah, you know, like, (laughs) I can't believe it. Mm -hmm. And, and it's, I, the same thing is true of the Rockettes. Like people are like, oh, well they're all supposed to look exactly alike. And it's like, no, they're all supposed to dance exactly alike. That is a different thing. Yeah. And then there were even some like really annoying things. Like when they did start and have a little diversity on stage, they would like, use a lot of makeup and lighting tricks to make them all appear lighter skinned. It's like, what the hell is going on here? And they're like, like, okay, we've got two black girls, put them both three in from (laughs) the end. So it's (laughs) symmetrical. It's like, calm down. Exactly. These are humans. These are humans. I mean, and they are still very far from being as diverse as the city they perform in, (laughs) but they are trying to be better. Um, I know in 2019, they had their most diverse troupe yet with three black woman, women, one Latinx woman, and one differently abled woman, a dancer named Sydney Mesher, who was born without a left hand. And if like, there's something all the other girls have, it's a left hand. So it was like a really big deal for a lot of differently abled people to be like, holy shit, I don't have a limb or a hand and I could still like be out in front as a dancer on this, like the, one of the biggest stages in America. Like that's incredible. Right. So they are also currently engaging in outreach programs. Um, so there is a place called the, the Harlem school for the arts where they actively go to attract more diverse dancers. And they have created a dance troupe there called the Harlemettes. And they train young girls at this school to do all the rockette dances because if you can get those dances down, it drastically increases your chance of one day becoming a rockette. And it's also telling them from an early age that like, this is something they could shoot for, right? This, this is, is possible some, this for is you. Possible. Yeah, exactly. Um, so again, it's getting better, but they have a long way to go. And I also, I think they could start by discussing the matter on their website. They have a whole history of the company of Radio City. Oh, and Radio City. But they don't mention Setsuko Maruhashi or Jennifer Jones on their website. As like the first two women of color in the production. Yeah. They should. They should. They absolutely should. I don't understand why they are not like, because that was the 80s. And you remember what we learned about in the 80s? That they did the Super Bowl and that they were into aerobics. That's what they had on there. (laughs) Like, I think they could mention something. Couple bullet points, even <laughs> yeah. just a bullet point. Like notable rockets. Put a little yeah. chart. A little chart. Longest performing rockette. Yeah. First rockette. You know that was this height. First yeah, the rockette oldest rockette. The youngest. Yeah. Whatever. Cares? Just give us something. Oh, it's so frustrating. Um, first rockette without a hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. None of them are anywhere on the website, which wow. is frustrating. Not that I could see. So if you see it, let me know. But it should be in the history of the rockette somewhere. So, in 2020, the Christmas Spectacular was not performed in New York for the first time since 1933. But this year, 
the girls are back and they're better than ever. So if you're in New York, you can stop by and witness the kicks for yourself because it is spectacular. <laughs> and it was so sweet because they did a thing called the road to spectacular and it's a video th- and like it's them getting ready and they are literally all in the rehearsal room and they're just waiting for it to turn to 10 o'clock AM so they can start rehearsal. And they're so excited. Yeah. That's so and like, sweet. The choreographer was like, uh, yeah, I welcomed everyone and I would cry, but we had so much to do. So I just couldn't <laughs> waste any time crying. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's still going on. It's very exciting. Um, and they were really sad last year that they couldn't do it. So it's nice that they're back. Cause it is a, fun kitschy American tradition and I also I do love too that um I think there was a it was easy to kind of diss the Rockettes as being like anti-feminist for a while oh, you yeah. know and uh-huh. I I kind of feel like we're coming back to like why are we hating on them like, they're they such talented do, they're athletes so talented. yeah talented athletes for sure and people are like oh because you're in a short skirt like right. you must be trying like i don't yeah. know there, there's such a i think the the 90s had such a weird like anti like feminist slash feminist vibe that was yeah. so crazy that i'm yeah. very glad we've all learned from oh me too and it's interesting because they didn't get their first female choreographer until 2006 <laughs> <laughs> isn't that crazy yeah and she kind of came in and was like, you know what? Like, no, you all are really strong women. And so she kind of put her foot down and was like, no, people need to respect you guys. And kind of put the word out there about how hard they were working and started sharing photos of them in rehearsal in their workout gear, which they'd never done before. They were always only ever seen in their costumes. And their costumes are very like, even though they're like short and tight, they're very like they perform very classy. Mm-hmm. They're highbrow yes. dancing. It's yeah. very shoulders back, chin up, like hair in a bun. Yeah. Like they're a very interesting type of dance. Yeah. And I thought that was a really cool part of it that I didn't know quite where to put in the story, but like that she came in in the 2000s and was like, no, no, no. We're going to show the world that mm-hmm. like you are the world class dancers that you are. Cause sometimes people are like, oh, it's easy. You just kick your legs up and you're a rocket. It's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> No, like 400 girls sometimes apply to be Rockettes. And like if some of them are lasting 10, 15 years, that's not a lot of spots open every year. No, so it, it like it's really competitive. Girls try out year after year after year. And even after you get into the company, they like you have seniority, but they make you try out every year to regain your contract. They make everyone try out. You don't just get in automatically. Right. Which is incredible. So (laughs) no tenure in the Rockettes. No, but there is a union. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody. Well, find us everywhere. This is the first of our two winter special Mm -hmm. weeks. We are on all of the social media. We're so happy to have you. We hope you enjoy another winter cocktail with us next week when we talk about the Nutcracker, (laughs) which is so good. Very excited. (laughs) Um... But yeah, do you have anything to say? I don't. uh, Really, I just want you all to, you know, rate and review us and never forget that well-behaved women never go to dance shows where girls have skirts above their knees. (laughs) No, and they rarely make history. (laughs) Goodbye. Goodbye.
listening to Her Story on the Rocks. We are independently produced by 1986 Entertainment and proudly recorded in Baltimore, Maryland. If there's a woman in history you would like us to cover, you can email us at herstoryontherocks at gmail.com. You can also message us on Twitter or Instagram. We post all of our cocktail recipes on Tuesdays so that you can go get all the supplies you need and drink along with us. See you next week. Bye.